So I'm guessing that some of you didn't even hear the last four verses of that gospel reading because you were so caught up in that image and the kind of stern words that Jesus was sharing about divorce. Others of you were probably thinking, oh, thank goodness, we got four verses about kids. We can just talk about that this morning and we'll just let this whole divorce thing go and we won't have to worry about it. Others of you are probably wondering, why in the world isn't intern Rita preaching? This would have been a great one just to push off on her. The reality reality of the church is we're not great at dealing with divorce. Sometimes we uh, find ourselves in a place where we we don't become the most welcoming community because we hear these words of Jesus, not just what he shares with the Pharisees, but then when he goes in and talks with his disciples and it becomes so filled with law and sometimes it can feel like it's filled with so much shame that we have, it seems like, only two options in the church. One of those is to simply deal with it head on and take on this attitude that it seems that Jesus has. And we could be really harsh when it comes to talking about divorce. But then I realized for our prayer of the day today, which intern Rita did share with us, that was at, on page four. Surprisingly, it does not say in that prayer of the day, oh sovereign God, please smite all who are divorced on this day that they will feel your wrath. We don't have that as a part of our prayer. In fact, actually in that prayer, they give barely a hint to it of what this whole idea of relationship means. Because sometimes the easiest thing to do is to simply ignore it and let's all get on with our lives and deal with all of the the celebratory nature that marriage can bring to two people. And let's just focus on that. But sometimes people can't just focus on that because divorce is real and when it impacts people's lives it sometimes impacts their lives even in the church there have even been people who figure out a divorce and they have to decide who gets the church and who has to go to another congregation because they feel like they can't be seen now in this space together. Now clearly that's not the way it is for everyone. Some people get past that and and some people don't. Because, Because let's face it, it's difficult to get divorced in a vacuum. Instead, the ripple effects carry out to your family and to your friends. And I know that there are some, uh, particularly if we go back a few years ago, that it hit parents of divorced kids really hard because some would be visiting and they would come to church together and somebody would see the child that they knew growing up and then they would ask about their spouse. And everybody would kind of look at each other and then the, the parents would have to say, oh, they're divorced, you know, and uh, you just kind of want to cringe under that statement because 
even the way we talked about it. Think about the language we have used around it. And we've said, oh, they were in a failed marriage. And that just becomes such a moniker that you carry around with you. And the church hasn't been real helpful in that. I mean, I don't think we've tried to be overjudgmental. It's just that we haven't really been very helpful past that. Because you see, when we read this passage from Mark, we can carry that through and get really hung up when Jesus says that one commits adultery to the other. And oh, I just want to shrink away from that. So the process of either taking it head on or simply ignoring it, oh, ignoring it would be so much more comfortable. But the reality is, the ending of a relationship can be painful. In fact, most often is painful. Sometimes we realize there was a lot of pain in the relationship that that led up to that moment. But as a church, we'd really rather deal with celebration than pain at times. In fact, sometimes we'd rather not see pain at all. So today, even as we talk about the awareness of mental health, mental health can be painful. So what do we do in the church? We light candles so it's visible and we bring it out in the open That's how we are to treat emotions that are painful. And the way we know this is because our gospel passage did not end today with that that admonition from Jesus that one person commits adultery when they get in a relationship out of divorce. The next thing that Mark tells us is that Jesus looked out at those people who were meant to be unseen. That was children. Children really won't won't supposed to be acknowledged in Jesus' day. Until you became an adult, you wouldn't put yourself in the place of a rabbi, and yet that's exactly what people were doing. They were bringing their children to Jesus. They should not have been recognized. And what Jesus instead does is doesn't just doesn't just recognizes them but welcomes them into his presence as close as they could possibly be and anybody who tried to prevent that from happening Jesus had stern words for them let the children come to me because if you don't understand the kingdom of God as a child you'll never truly understand it If you don't understand God's love, when it feels like you're not supposed to be seen or heard, if you don't understand God's love at a time when you're feeling the most pain, you might not truly know the love and acceptance of Jesus. So those two stories tell us something about how God reacts when people are hurting the most. If, if, if there's a, a loss in the family, if there's a separation of marriage, those are the very times that the arms of Jesus open up their widest and collect you in 
because those are the times we need to just feel brought to Jesus. And then Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus reaches out to the children and blesses them. He doesn't just say, let them hang around. They're not bothering me too much. They come in and he lays his hands on them and blesses them. As a church, that, that which people would least like to see or acknowledge That's the very thing that Jesus commands us to embrace. To embrace people in the midst of pain. That they might know that God sees them. That God cares for them and that God blesses them. Now it's it's probably true to say That God really blesses relationships that are loving and and, and that carry through and that have a way of celebrating 59th wedding anniversaries like Ron and Elaine are doing today. Certainly God blesses those moments. But the, the other moments for our lives that we might feel like it's easier for the church just not to see Those, those may be the most important moments we share as a church together. When you are in the most pain, Jesus' arms are open the widest. Jesus would say, come to me. And in this place, in the very arms of Jesus, we would be the people that would be so blessed to have the opportunity to reach out with a hand of blessing. And in the midst of that, that that, that pain that people might carry, even the shame that they might feel because it just is still a part of our culture, can somehow be divided to be less less of a burden on you because there are people in this community willing to share it with you. The pain of divorce is real, but the love of Jesus can be stronger. Put yourselves in Jesus' arms and look around at a community of people who need to be blessed because in so doing we will have the opportunity to live out the very love of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.